is Bloomberg Surveillance. We're seeing slow but steady growth in the European economy. It's just simply moving forward at a very sluggish pace. The good trends that are happening in the job market are starting to spread. And I see that in our surveys of our smaller businesses. People vote via the stock market even though this political environment really doesn't have much to do with medium and long-term earnings growth prospects. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. It's 8 o'clock on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee. David Gura sitting in with me today as Tom Keene continues on his uh, vacation. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to get our vacation days back, David, from Tom. He <laughs> borrowed a few of them to go off and uh, sit on the beach. Uh, we are watching right at the moment Exxon earnings come in. The details just breaking. Here's a bit of a surprise. ExxonMobil, first quarter earnings a share, and I, I, I'm i not ready yet to say these are final. Oh, there they go. Now they're final. Uh, $0.43 cents a share because the estimate was for $0.29. Cents. So Exxon finds a way to make the money that Phillips uh, 66 could not. $1.8 billion is what they made in the first quarter. They are cutting their capital expense uh, spending, a capital investment, uh, by uh, 33%, or did cut it in the first quarter. We'll have more details as those headlines continue. I also want to pass this along. Uh, Goldman has just cut Apple to hold uh, or uh, uh, from uh, what well, says from hold to sell that doesn't make any sense. Um, you'd raise it to hold from sell, I guess. So uh, uh, maybe uh, cut from hold to sell. Uh, the headline is a little confusing on Apple, but we will continue to uh, check that out uh, as uh, the morning goes on. Uh, as I mentioned, we are Bloomberg Surveillance, and we're brought to you by Cone Resnick. Accounting Tax Advisory to keep your business on top of issues in the evolving renewable energy market. It takes dedicated industry experts like Cone Resnick. Find out more at ConeResnick.com. David, what else do we know about ExxonMobil here? Uh, looking here, it says uh, 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 that, that you mentioned the CapEx cuts here, down 5.13 billion. Looking at these numbers uh, reminds me of BP, which reported earlier in the week or late last week, uh, and also kind of beat expectations in a way that was surprising. People here looking for the, the price of oil here to really diminish those returns. Uh, a quotation here from Rex Tillerson, of course, the chairman and CEO of ExxonMobil. He says, the organization continues to respond effectively to challenging industry conditions, capturing enhancements to operational performance and creating margin uplift, despite those low prices I just mentioned. The scale and integrated nature of our cash flow provide competitive advantage and support consistent strategy Execution there. That from the release from ExxonMobil and get mobile again out just moments ago. Now here's a number of revenue. First quarter, 48.7 billion. Uh, estimate was for 44.2. So Exxon finds a way. Philip 66 did not. Stephen Shork finds a way every day <laughs> as uh, the man who publishes the Shork Report, sort of the industry Bible on what's going on in the energy space. Uh, Stephen, good morning to you. Uh, before we get to the important topic of the day, which is the Philadelphia Eagles picking Carson Wentz, um, <laughs> what, what did Exxon do right here uh, that other oil companies are struggling with? Well, first and foremost, they still have their refineries, and they have their huge refineries. Uh, they got rid of the uh, some of their units or assets on the West Coast where it is difficult, the margins are tighter, and they really started to build up, and they're holding on to these assets. So they have both the advantage of the upstream when 
oil prices are high, E&P is good, but that's not the case right now. So they have the downstream, the refining. And so we're looking at a situation here where, for instance, the NYMEX contract, and this is just a proxy for, for margins, but gasoline's trading at a 40% premium to crude oil. So if you own a refinery, you have cheap inputs going into the refinery, and you have expensive outputs coming out of the refinery to sell to the wholesale and then retail markets. So that's certainly helping to stem uh, the low crude oil price environment. Uh, the cut in CapEx was huge. Uh, expectations were about a 25% cut. Uh, they actually reported a 33% cut. So uh, I think you have the combination of uh, the much greater CapEx cutbacks, a suspension uh, of the buyback program. So I think Exxon uh, appears to be trying to obviously strengthen its balance sheet, its cash position on its balance sheet. And given what we're going to see now, guys, with the bank redeterminations of credit facilities for the debt-laden E&Ps, I think the big guys, the Exxons, we just saw it with BP, are certainly putting themselves in a position. And I would expect to see increased M&A activity through the remainder of the year as these bank credit lines really make it hard for debt-laden companies still with good assets on the books. It's going to make it a harder environment. So I think we're looking finally a year and a half into this, uh, looking for this integration or this consolidation in the industry. Just continuing to pick apart these numbers here. First quarter downstream earnings for ExxonMobil, $906 million, down $761 million from the prior year. Looking at the upstream earnings for the first quarter, $2.9 billion from the first quarter of 15 to a loss of $76 million. Uh, let me ask you about Philips 66, a company that did not uh, perform as well here in, in the first quarter. Uh, is that because of size, because of uh, the, the, the shape of its portfolio? Yeah, I, exactly. So uh, Philips, with their um, uh, assets and, and the way they divested and, and made the cut from, uh, I mean, they really drew a fine line in between there was going to be the upstream and the downstream. So, uh, so certainly we're, this is a matter of scale. Uh, Exxon having a, a much larger portfolio in areas where the company was able to benefit in its geographical areas with regard to refining. Uh, also, in a, in a much more, in a greater global scale as well, that Exxon is in a better position. Uh, superlative for you here. Exxon posts the smallest profit since 1999, wow. uh, according to the, the headline on, on the Bloomberg here. They've, they've and that makes the sense, guys, because well, where, where was oil and where, where, where were prices in 1999? Uh, you had crude oil was at $10 a barrel. The margin between distillate fuel and crude oil price was negative. Crude oil is more expensive than the product. So uh, the fact that we are down uh, at earnings at that level, uh, given this environment, uh, that, that, that makes sense. All right. Now, Exxon obviously uh, managed to uh, survive, <laughs> survive that and, and grow and make tons of money between now and then. But are, are we watching, when, when you look at the numbers, is the most important thing perhaps the level of CapEx? In other words, are they eating the seed corn that would uh, help them make money down the road if they're not going to be investing as much? And, and that's certainly the, the huge uh, question mark going forward. Uh, we're still in a relatively low crude oil price environment. We have had a significant rally. But the concern with this price rally is that there's no signs that this is a fundamentally driven rally. 
And that is to say that if we look at the price rise, both in the ice Brent crude oil market or the NYMEX WTI market, uh, the producers have actually been selling into this. So they have been locking in forward production at, 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 during, during this rise. Uh, what is interesting is what has the speculator been doing? The bullish speculator has not been doing anything. They, they, they've, they've been moving sideways. All of the action in the futures is being driven by the bearish speculator. So back in February, when oil prices were in the mid-$20 range, you had the largest bet against oil prices ever recorded. There was a massive short position, not just in the commodity itself, but the short interest in the ETFs. So what has happened now is the largest short squeeze that we have ever seen. And I'll throw a number out there. Since February, during this $20 barrel rise in oil prices, for every one contract that the bullish speculator bought, the bearish speculator bought nine contracts. So when you have the bear outbuying the bull by a margin of nine to one because they're getting squeezed, you have this scenario for a significant price rise. So, again, this is not – and open interest has been falling, mind you, also. So even as prices have been rising, money has been withdrawn from this market. So this is a rather shaky rally. I'm not stepping in front of it, mind you. Markets could remain illogical longer than I can remain solvent. But I'm not convinced that this is a fundamentally driven rally. So now when you look at Exxon cutting back at, uh, at CapEx, trying to conserve cash, this is clearly a sign – and if we look at the CFTC data, the producer, the Exxons and the BPs of the world have been selling into this rally. So you get the sense that they're not absolutely sold on this. So there's still a, a tremendous amount of headwind going forward. I mean, if we just look at the geopolitics side, if we look at the war, and this is a war between the Sunni side of OPEC and the Shia side of OPEC, Saudi Arabia is not cutting production. They are going to continue to battle Iran for market share. So now Exxon and BP and the large integrated will now have to compete on a global scale against the market that the big boys hmm. are telling us they're going to keep glutted at this point. So there are still a lot of headwinds cutting back the CapEx, the not fundamentally driven yeah. rise in oil prices, and, and the battle for market share around the globe. It still makes for a very dicey 2016. All right, Steve Shork, stay with us. We'll continue to look at the oil industry. We've got ExxonMobil earnings out better than forecast. Still have Chevron to go today. Exxon shares up by a percent in early trading here on Bloomberg Surveillance. A10 on Wall Street. This uh, news update brought to you by Michael Barr with the latest world and national headlines. Thank you very much, Mike. David, police in riot gear pushed demonstrators away from an Orange County, California arena when protesters got rowdy. After a Donald Trump campaign appearance, police say they made about 20 arrests. Police cars were damaged. The Obama administration is formally proposing a rule today to give what they say is a fairer chance to federal job applicants who may have criminal or credit histories. The rule would prohibit federal agencies from asking certain applicants questions about criminal and credit history until a conditional offer of employment has been made. Cal quarterback Jared Goff is the overall number one NFL draft pick. Golf was taken by the Rams last night. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, David. 
Thanks very much, Michael. You are listening to Bloomberg Surveillance on Bloomberg Radio. I'm David Gura, in for Tom Keene with Michael McKee. We're looking at futures here barely moving, it seems. The Nasdaq E-mini is down about a third of a percent, 12 points at 4369. More after the break. We are talking with Stephen Shork of the Shork Report. As West Texas breaks through 46 and Brent breaks through 48, he says, don't trust that rally. We'll continue to talk to him about what it means for the oil companies. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And good morning, I'm John Tucker. Now over to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Good morning, John. Futures are quiet this morning after yesterday's sell-off. Dow futures are currently higher by three points. SB's down a point, and NASDAQ futures decline by 11. The U.S. 10 yield at 1.86%. And on the U.S. economic front at 8.30, personal income and spending. At 9 o'clock, ISM Milwaukee. And at 10 o'clock, Michigan Sentiment. After the bell last night, Amazon beat. Shares are up 12% pre-market. Gilead missed. Amgen beat. And LinkedIn boosted your forecast. Regarding earnings today, Praxair, Eaton, and ExxonMobil beat. Moody's cut your revenue and EPS views. Seagate EPS missed. And Royal Caribbean boosted full year guidance. In deal news, Roby to buy TiVo for 1070 share in cash and stock. In other news, Valiant filed its 10K ahead of creditor deadline. Final Q4 revenue, $2.76 billion. Reported preliminary, $2.79 billion on March 15th. Finally, some of your Wall Street upgrades and downgrades. Ford and Level 3 cut to neutral over at Bank of America. Deutsche Bank cut to underperform at KBW. Sarepta cut to underperform at Jefferies. GNC cut to neutral at Goldman Sachs. And Molina Healthcare cut to neutral over at UBS. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. John. All right, thanks, Bill. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type Squawk Go on your terminal. And that is a Bloomberg Business Flash. Micah David. John Tucker, thank you very much. This is Bloomberg Surveillance, brought to you by Invesco. Explore what high-conviction investing means to Invesco's value equity managers. Watch the conversation at Invesco.com slash interactive. We're talking with Stephen Shork from the Shork Report about energy company earnings Exxon, topping Wall Street's forecasts, although the company reports its smallest profit since 1999. We're waiting for uh, Chevron to report. Uh, Stephen, I, I want to get back to something you and I uh, were talking about a couple of weeks ago on the program, and that is the um, situation in the fracking areas uh, with uh, the companies that had to face uh, the, uh, the the bank hangman, I guess, as, as uh, their loans came due. Uh, we were talking about how the big companies like ExxonMobil and others would scoop up those who were too small. Is, is that what's happening? Uh, that's what we're starting to see. Uh, we're starting to see increased uh, uh, bankruptcies uh, in, in the space. Uh, you're certainly starting to see credit lines uh, being drawn up, uh, drawn down. Uh, you actually had the situation where uh, Chesapeake, uh, they came out uh, a couple of weeks ago with uh, and maintained uh, their, their revolving credit line. The only catch was the, co- the company had to put its entire assets uh, up as collateral for this, so we're cer- certainly hanging in there uh, by a by a thin margin at this point. But certainly uh, the, the template is there, and it kind of goes into the theory of, of why do we ever need to see 
$70 oil again. And, and $70 oil is essentially where we were at the end of 2014. And as soon as we broke that level, th- th- then the dam burst, and then we went you know, almost straight down to $20. So, uh, but there's no necessary reason why. Because w- w- what is happening? What are we starting to see in the industry? Well, as, as we're starting to see with the BP earnings and, and, and the Exxon earnings and so forth, is efficiencies are being squeezed out. Uh, greater capital discipline is being applied. Uh, cash is king. So you're getting into a situation now where once these assets, these debt-laden assets, are acquired, and they're going to be acquired at attractive prices, uh, you're already squeezing the margin out. So what OPEC or what Saudi Arabia has done and, and what people ex- thought they were trying to do was, was, was patently false, and that is to say Saudi Arabia was never trying to destroy the North American oil and gas complex. They weren't trying because they knew very well they couldn't destroy the complex because what's happening to the complex it's going to come out of this retrenchment much stronger. It's going to come out leaner, more efficient, to be able to extract margins at lower prices. So Saudi Arabia, by its actions, if its intent was to destroy North American industry, it has backfired because the industry will ultimately be stronger for this. And hence, this was never Saudi Arabia's design on, on the market. So Saudi Arabia's design on the market is to maintain oil as the premier source of energy for global markets in the generations ahead. And when you look at the introduction of substitutes into the market, the one aspect of the inelasticity uh, that has impacted demand inelasticities is the substitute. So it's the Tesla, it's the Prius, it's the alternative fuel, it's driverless technology. These are all assets that are going to eat into oil consumption in the years ahead if Saudi Arabia and other oil producers do not do something to stem and to keep consumers hooked on their product. So at the end of the day, Saudi Arabia wants, and I maintain, Saudi Arabia wants North American oil production to succeed because it can always compete with another competitor on the block. What it cannot compete with is someone who's going to introduce a technology Elon Musk, who can potentially wipe away my market share within one or two generations. So these M&As that, that we're starting to see, the industry becomes stronger, and a stronger industry does not require $70, $80, $90 bar oil, which then would translate into $3.50, $4, $4.50 gasoline, and really kind of grease the, the skids to push consumers away uh, from, uh, you know, away from the Humvee, shall we say, towards the Tesla right now. But if you keep gasoline prices $2 in the winter, $2.50 in the summer, that is going to be an extremely hard level. The entry barrier for alternative fuels will remain extremely high into the foreseeable future. Only about 15 seconds left. You're in Philadelphia. Are you happy with the Eagles pick? <laughs> Well, you know what? Actually, I'm a transplanted New Yorker, so the fact that the Eagles spent a king's ransom to get a Division One AA quarterback, I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Shark from the Shark Report, uh, transplanted New Yorker down in Philadelphia. Well, we're keeping an eye on oil prices, uh, which have such a big effect 
on the oil company earnings. West Texas, 46.45 now, up nine-tenths of a percent. Brent crude, 48.22, uh, two-tenths gain, not, not up as high as it was, uh, reached 48.50. But it looks like, whether Stephen believes it's going to last or not, but it looks like we will reach $50 heading that way uh, reasonably quickly. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. We're listening to Bloomberg Radio Worldwide. Coming up, the With All Due Respect highlight brought to you by Land Rover. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit LandRoverTriState.com or call 1-800-FIND-4WD for details. Land Rover, above and beyond. 